Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, July 15th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Day two of Big 12 Media Days has come and gone, and there was an audible called. One team couldn't make it to AT&T Stadium, where I'm sitting right now. You can actually hear the air conditioning in the background. That team that couldn't make it was the Kansas Jayhawks. Must have been some weather up there, huh? The Jayhawks did not get off the ground in Kansas because of the storms, so we had to make an adjustment as well. KU actually handled the problem well, having had uh, Coach Lance Leipold, receiver Kwame Lasseter, and defensive back Kenny Logan join the media remotely. But we'll bring you a Kansas football show after there is some in-person access. So today we'll focus on the Big 12. Did you know that 25 years of competition is in the books? I'm using that occasion to ask some of my brethren in the media about how well the conference has served the schools they're most familiar with. I think we know how schools like Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and others have been served by the Big 12. They cash big checks from the league every year. They're part of the Power Five. It is working well for them, along with Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State, others. But what about Texas and Oklahoma? Those schools have had options to leave to join other conferences, but they stayed. How well has the Big 12 served them? I asked that of two of the nation's top columnists. They've covered the conference for the entire quarter century and beyond. First, you'll hear from Kirk Bowles, a columnist for the Austin American Statesman. He joined that newspaper in 1973. Then you'll hear from Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. Barry's been there since 1991, and he was with the Norman Transcript for 13 years before then. And finally, I asked the same question to West Virginia radio personality Tony Caridi. He joined the Mountaineer Sports Network in 1987. The Mountaineers joined the Big 12 for the 2012-2013 season, and I wondered about that school's relationship with the conference. I think you'll be interested in what they all had to say. So let's get started with Kirk Bowles. I think any objective observer would say it's a mixed bag. You know, the Big 12 cannot survive without a Texas or an Oklahoma, you know, the two kingpins of the conference. Yet, because of Texas influence, uh, arrogance, whatever word you want to use, Blair, it, it came at a price because A&M is no longer here. Arkansas is no longer a part of this thing, Southwest Conference, and ultimately the Big 12, they left. Um, Colorado left. So, you know, it threatened to splinter the conference, in some ways did, because a lot of people were tired of the idea that Texas runs this thing. And then to a large degree, there's a lot of truth to that. Not always on the field or the court or, or the baseball diamond, but yeah, the feeling that Texas run things rubbed a lot of people wrong. It, it did, it did. But I, to me, that started to change a little bit when they had more equitable revenue sharing from TV. So the first dozen years of the Big 12, um, Texas got the lion's share. Texas and Oklahoma, the teams that were, the, the pie was split differently. Right. And then when there was the threat of breaking up, um, they decided it was Dan Beebe was the commissioner that maybe right. his, his last, you know, last true act of devotion was right. to, exactly. to, to do equal sharing in it to for some of the TV revenue. So I'm not saying Texas has less. I think it'd be different for Texas now if their football was 
what, what Oklahoma football is, in, right? In what way different? Just in terms of a uh, an influencer for policy. For maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe Texas continues to do that. Are you saying the emperor's nude? <laughs> he's naked, no clothes. Is that what we're saying? At least he's starting to undress a little bit. He's he's behind the screen. <laughs> he's, thankfully, he's behind the screen. No, exactly. And you know, you hit on a good thing with uh, the revenue sharing. It needs to be equal. That's why the NFL works. They share everything equally now. Jerry Jones comes along and says, okay, we can share everything equally, TV, some marketing, but our other corporate stuff, we, we're on our own. And we can sit in a stadium like this. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like we're, so, yeah. Um, and I think Texas wasn't the only one, Blair. I think Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Like, hey, we carry the weight here. We schedule these tough Power Five conferences to help the TV pot, the revenue pot. And so we take more risk and have more responsibility for the league. So we kind of should be paid more. You know, there's some fallacy to that, obviously, because you're only as strong as the weakest link. Right. So on. Well, I always wondered why... It seemed, anyway, especially in the first 10, 12 years of the Big 12, why the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma felt different than the SEC cause, or any other conference. Mm-hmm. They all had their kingpin school, sure. right? Right. Alabama, Florida, high, highest yeah. revenue and most successful on the field. Exactly. Michigan, Ohio State, you know, USC and the Pac-12. There's always a pecking order. Right, right, right. But there, there just didn't seem to be in those conferences. There was more of an, a, an all-for-one and one-for-all spirit yeah, in those a- leagues than there was in the Big 12. It was a fraternity. We're all in this together. Well, are you? And I think, and then the thing we haven't talked about is how device the Longhorn Network was. And then, in so many ways, and that was kind of one of the final blows that sent A&M packing. You know, it's like, even though they offered A&M to Las Dodds initially, offered to Bill Burn, let's go in this together. You know, it might be fun. You know, and the Las Dodds told me once, we thought... We wanted publicity exposure for our non-revenue sports, our Olympic sports. So, you know, volleyball and tennis and, right. and track and those sort of things. They never thought ESPN was going to pay them $15 million a year for 20 years. Neither did A&M, obviously. <laughs> but then they also wanted to use that. Hey, we like to show high school football. Yeah, it's like recruiting and all that. Ooh, did that ruffle things. Yeah, people were very happy about that. <laughs> very happy. So that was just, you know, yet another reason, divisive wedge, I think, Texas offered. But, you know, it's, it's a marriage of convenience. They need each other. Yeah, I, I think it's as much a marriage of convenience for Texas as anybody in the conference, right? Uh, because Texas has more options than anyone else, right? True. We, we, you and I were talking about this yesterday. Name a conference out there, they talk to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and we've kind of always thought, well, the Big Ten kind of makes sense in terms of the Midwest, and you have these strong flagship programs. There are years and decades and centuries of history and tradition and stuff, but, you know, logistically, you know, Texas wasn't close to anybody in the, in the Big Ten, and I think, you know, Nebraska and you know, Missouri wanted in. Nebraska got in. Don't think that worked out too well. I wish Nebraska could come back now. I do, too. And I, can, I can name a few people in Nebraska who wish that as well. I know that was a grave mistake. And you could even say A&M profited financially and image-wise. They haven't won anything. You know, they, they've, them, they've right? raised the caliber of their, uh, their sports program, but they still haven't won anything. They just... A lot deeper pockets now. Right, right. As, as does Missouri. Right. Uh, um, for, for being in the SEC. Exactly. So, you know, Texas had choices all along the way. 
going forward, you think the Big 12 is going to be satisfactory for, for Texas? Is, is this yeah. the place for it to be? Yeah, because they're still here. You know, for all the doubters and cynics and critics, and, you know, we've all been one. They're still here after 25 years. They could have left. I mean, they were on the verge of going to the Pac-12. And then after that, the Lost Dodgers told me we probably would have gone to the ACC because that, that strong academic pervasive influence in that league and they're an East Coast league. You're not dry, you're not flying two hours to you know Oregon and Washington and all, all that. So, uh, yeah, they've still got options. I don't think they're going to the Sun Belt anytime soon. Sunbelt would probably let them keep the Longhorn Network. So, so, Conference USA might, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the funny thing about this is they think, okay, Texas is in this smaller pond, you know, but they're not dominating. They are. They won the Sears Cup for overall, and they've got which, a great which, sports Which program. shouldn't be dismissed. No. Easy. That's fantastic. I mean, for, for Texas to win the – except – some people are dismissing it, yeah. even sitting right in our group here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You mean because football and men's basketball aren't faring too well and fired their coaches? Yeah. You got a point there, Blair. I'll buy into that. When's the new arena going to be up and ready? Got another year of basketball in the, the Irwin Center, and then they'll move into the, the Moody Center. So that'll be interesting. That combination with Chris Beard and you know, like we were teasing yesterday he brought in like 30 players already so I guess he'll have tryouts and just kind of weed through them so, uh, but yeah, basketball is going to be interesting, I think it's about to take off, I really do and as Austin grows and you know, a lot of basketball fans have been long-suffering there you know, they've had their moments with you know, go from Abe Lemons to Rick Barnes and stuff, but It'd be nice if they won an NCAA tournament game. Would be. Yeah, to have that, that. Would, that would represent progress. Other schools do it. They do. They do. So I think Texas might might like you know venturing into that land. I think they've got the right coach. Yeah, and I, I, I think among Kansas, Baylor, and Texas, it's going to be really fun and interesting. Absolutely. Uh, next I, few years. I don't know if Chris Beard will stay there forever. I think he probably has some NBA wanderlust in him. But, you know, if he's there three years, five years, and, you know, he's only going to be attracted to the NBA if he produces in Austin. So, but you're right. I think uh, the league has just really taken off. Okay. So Texas to the ACC, you heard it here first. Kurt, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. Brother. Great talking to you. You too. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. 
please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. That was Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman. Here's Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. Well, I think it served OU well because uh, it provided a financial windfall at the start with the Texas schools and the TV contracts and all that. It got Texas into their conference, which has been great. The rivalry was great. It's been even better, more cooperative, more collaborative. Um, and sort of solidified those two as partners in a lot of ways, more than just rivals. So that was a big deal. And um, and then fairly soon after, we saw all the changes in the uh, ACC expanding and then, uh, of course, the, the breakup, eventually the Big 12. But it really brought stability to to this part of the country and Oklahoma was in the middle of that and sort of had a lot of options to go places and really didn't want to go anywhere and stability came to them so that, that's been great and their, their athletic department's just soared since then the women's program's fabulous basketball stayed not consistently great but competitive and every once in a while great they've gone to two final fours in the big 12 era and um, so and then the football course everybody knows about so it's just really, they don't really have any complaints. And it's opened up recruiting doors even more. Now, in football these days, they're recruiting coast to coast. And it's not as big a deal. But for a long time, you know, 60 years, Texas was their bread and butter. And all of a sudden, they're in a league with, with four Texas schools and playing two or three games a year south of the Red River. And so that's even better. And media has changed. But when the, when the league formed, the Dallas market was a huge thing media-wise, and OU became as big a brand as, as Texas or A&M down here. So just worked for them in every single possible way, really. And Oklahoma was a school that had options, unlike others in the Big 12. I mean, serious, real options, right? I mean, we remember the, 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 uh, the, the Pac-12 flyovers, you know, uh, stops in, in other places. But, um, but I always think that Oklahoma wanted to stay here. They, they didn't want it. They would have gone if the Big 12 had disintegrated. But Oklahoma wanted a conference in this part of the country. Um, so it's, we, I mean, certainly for Oklahoma State, it's worked. It's obviously worked out great. But Oklahoma is where it wants to be, don't you think? Yeah, and more than that is true, even more so, they're who they're with who they want to be with. They wanted to be in a league with OSU. They wanted to be in a league with Texas. You know, they, they were in a league forever without Texas, and then they spent 20, 15 years at the time, now 25 years in a league with Texas. They like being in a league with Texas. And um, they like having you know, Baylor close by and Lubbock close by. And, uh, you know, the same thing they sort of had with KUK State. Uh, that's that's sort of a cool thing it works on a lot of different ways and um, you know the idea that that they would go somewhere else you go to the west the cultures are all different everybody always talks about the time zones the cultures are far more different than the time zones go to the SEC Culture's a lot alike, maybe, but it's also sort of a pirate ship, and you're not anybody's friend. And you, So that was going to be a, a scary thing. So going into it, 
people don't ever think about boardrooms, but you know, when, when David Boren or Joe Castiglione or Mike Holder, whoever goes into a conference meeting, it helps to know the people in there and have friendly faces and 15 or 20 years of relationships. You go to the SEC and you don't know when you're going to get stabbed in the back. So we don't think about that thing, those things, but they do. So this worked. The formation of the Big 12 in '96 worked fabulous, and then the uh, the retention of the Big 12 in 2011 or 10, whatever year you want to say, was was good news for them. And but it came close, man. It was not a. We, we almost had we almost had a pack 16. Uh, oh, there were there were a couple of days where I thought, you know, where, where's Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, Baylor? Where were they going yeah. to be? Why, yeah. Iowa State? Because uh, we knew where Oklahoma and Texas and Tech and OSU, Colorado, where they were going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, there was some uncertainty that it really cost some sleepless nights at other schools uh, for sure. Did you you told me this yesterday? I, Oklahoma's won more than half of its national championships during the Big 12 era? Yeah, since Joe Castiglione became AD in, 19, in the spring of 98, they won more than half their NCAA championships. Uh, and a lot of that's women's, and we didn't have women's NCAA championships till the 80s, but, uh, you know, the national power in softball and gymnastics finished first or second almost every year for the last six, seven years. The women's basketball's fallen off, but you know, a decade ago it was fantastic. Went National three, championship game. Went right? to three Final Fours. So, um, and then uh, the men's gymnastics been great, and uh, you know, the golf team has become a national power, won a title, and been in uh, another championship round. So, uh, the athletic department's better than it's ever been. Now, football still great. Now, hadn't won the whole thing, which matters. More than all the rest of it combined, <laughs> but it's still it's still great. I mean, it's it's a fabulous product, and and the basketball, like I said, is strong. So, yeah, OU OU athletics are better than they've ever been, and the Big 12's a big part of that. Who's the greatest athlete that Oklahoma's produced in the Big 12 era? The greatest athlete. Who's, who's the quarter century OU Big 12 athlete? Oh, I'd have to think about that. I didn't ask Kirk that about uh, Texas, but it, I'll pick his for him. I'll yeah. Vince Young or Kevin Durant. Well, I mean, if, you, if you're if you going to go on a profile, I mean, Baker Mayfield's the, most, the greatest football player in OU football history. Now, no purist wants to hear that. But he's a three-time All-American quarterback, finished fourth, third, and first in Heisman votings. So, you know, as much as I love Leroy Selman, Leroy Selman can't match that. No, no. And he playing in a quarterback era, and he's a quarterback. <laughs> you know, 1973 was a defensive line era, and Leroy was great, but Baker. So I'd be hard-pressed to vote against uh, Baker Mayfield. But you know what's crazy about OU basketball is, I mean, they've had, they've had two National Player of the Years or virtual Players of the Years. In the Big 12, Blake Griffin and Trey Young. Not to mention Buddy Heald. And, oh, Buddy Heald, they've had three. They've had two winners. I forgot about Buddy. They've had two winners and a basically a runner-up in Trey Young. And they haven't been that good. I mean, they've just been you know, sort of okay. But, I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's always been a star power. In the Big 12, they've had star power. They've had National Player of the Year in softball, Olympians, Kalani Ricketts. 
was the best pitcher and hitter two straight years in NCAA softball. So it's always been a football-centric place, but now the, everything seems to be blossoming. They've had the Olympic gymnasts on a regular basis. So, yeah, they, nobody, you know, when, when fans sometimes, and not sometimes, all the time, they always looking for change and, you know, romanticize about a Saturday night in Baton Rouge. But the athletic department is couldn't ask for more than what they've gotten. That's why I, it was, I wasn't surprised, but it, it, I paid attention when you said, this is the golden era of Oklahoma athletics. And I thought, well, you know what? The 50s were pretty good because yeah. we measured everything by football success right. at the time. Yeah. But but you're right. I mean, you make a strong case for this being, it's never been better. Right. Collect, and, collectively. Yeah, and, and you know what? And, and OU, I mean, OU won a baseball champ, the NCAA baseball title in 51. Let's see, I think in 19... 19- 1950-51 school year, they won, I think, three NCAA titles. And they might have only had like five sports or six. They won baseball, wrestling, and football. And if I'm off on that, it's because wrestling won the year after. Okay. But it's, so, it's, in it's, that early it's a, 50s. It's a, it's a dirt clod of success. But, uh, you know, baseball was sort of a sort of a shadowy sport. You know, everybody just sort of showed up and they had a tournament. And, you know, wrestling was... Uh, I think six, eight, maybe eight weights, and it's just—it's not what it is today. But when, but not to putting it down, it's great. But what they do now across the board, you know, it's 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 great in in a lot of different places. Well, and Joe Castiglione gets my vote as the administrator of the Big Twelve administrator of the quarter century of Big Twelve. Uh, well, he's been Big great. He's been great. He fixed football, which means he could do anything else. He can screw up everything else, and he's fine. But he didn't screw up everything else. He, he made everything else better and great. And you know, I actually was on campus the day we came down here, and uh, Jenny was doing a gymnastics interview for an Olympian. And I said, I'll just swing by and pick you up, and we'll drive down there. And um, so we, I actually drove through a bunch of the facilities and it made me think of all the all the things they've done in the last 20 years and uh, you know a relatively new softball park and we drove right past the plot of land where they're going to build a new one so that kind of stuff is just never ending and you know i'm old enough to remember when the facilities never changed you know from when i was a kid until i was 30 or well you know 35 whatever it was and so joe's just done a marvelous job it's just it's just incredible and um you know, Oklahoma is Oklahoma football was always a brand, national brand, but it's sort of becoming just a national athletic brand. I would say now. I, I, I agree best, with that. Best way to say it. I agree with that. All right, Barry. Thanks a lot. You bet. That was Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. Here's Tony Caridi, West Virginia's terrific play-by-play man for football and men's basketball. How well has the Big 12 served West Virginia? In a word, fantastically. It's a breath of fresh air. I've been involved with West Virginia football since 1984. When I began, West Virginia was an Eastern Independent, and then it became a member of the Big East Conference. The Big 12 Conference has been glorious for West Virginia for several different reasons. Firstly, it has put West Virginia for the first time in school history in a league with other 
other institutions that are like-minded in their mission. West Virginia fans are like Kansas State fans. They're like Oklahoma State fans. They're like Oklahoma fans. And academically, land-grant institutions. So for the most part, that's the first time that's happened. The fact that we're in a conference in which you play all nine other schools every year in football and the round robin in basketball is something that we did not have in the past. In that regard, great. Secondly, financially, in West Virginia's final year in the Big East Conference, the revenue share from the league was approximately $10 million. And now you're sitting here and you're looking at upwards of high 30s to the 40s now. And so it has done in a complete about-face financially where you are. The one downside is the geography. And that really hits our fan base in the sense that they can no longer travel to the game. So the only bad is that fans don't feel that they can travel as much. They pick one game a year normally in football to go out to and basketball. Oftentimes it's mostly alums from the area. But other than that, this has been great. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. And a really big thank you to my buddies down here in Dallas, Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman, Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman, and Tony Caridi of the Mountaineer Sports Network. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That is right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear on the website only. And, of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, much more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That is kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode. 